There we are. Awesome. Well, you know, wow. This morning I'm still, <laughs> I don't know about you, but this has been amazing. The Holy Spirit, uh, just what's been going on this morning. It's like, you know, the pieces of a puzzle. You put together a puzzle. Everything this morning, it's like, okay, God, I know what you want to say. Um, and you see the pieces of the puzzle coming together. That was awesome worship. Thank you, worship team. That was great. And, uh, you know, I just believe this morning, I believe that there are those of you this morning, you know, you've been chasing things. You've been chasing money. You've been chasing relationships. You've been chasing things. And today I am asking God to download into your mind a new mindset. Because Jesus says, I am enough. I am enough. I love that line. It's in Do It Again, that song where Jesus, where the, the lyrics is, Jesus says, I am still enough. Is he enough for you? Is he? Are you looking for other things to, to satisfy you? Are you looking for things that you know that when you try and you look at them, they're empty? You see? This morning I want to talk about wisdom shows up. Wisdom shows up. You know, when we contrast the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man, there's a huge difference. I mean, Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are higher, God says, than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Today, some people think they've got God figured all out. Oh yeah, we know all about God. And the problem is, you're always on a journey with God, discovering. I mean, I've known God for over 30 years. I've gone to four and a half years to Bible college. I've studied it. But you know what? There is no end to God. There is no end to figuring out who He is. There is no end to finding out about His wisdom. And when I try to do things in my own strength, in my own wisdom, look out. Ask my wife. <laughs> Ask the one that's closest to you, right? Okay, did you hear God on that? And when we look at the wisdom today, wisdom of men, I mean, it's even absurd when we think about what's going on uh, today in our world with this gender fluidity, with all the things that are going on. And it just, your mind is, you can't even grasp what's going on. We need the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God. I've sat in meetings where we discuss things, but we discuss them in our human wisdom, and then at the end we say a prayer. God bless it. And then we wonder why things aren't working out. Maybe because you're running, maybe you're pursuing something that you know you shouldn't be pursuing, and you realize it. By the time, you know, sometimes we go around that, that gerbil cycle, we go around that cage, I mean, we don't have to look too, too far to see the wisdom of God. How many need the wisdom of God here this morning? Good. I'm speaking to a, the right crowd. Good. If you don't, there's the door. Okay. <laughs> but the key, the key thing is the wisdom of God is seen in creation. You don't have to go too far. 
The story of Job. Let's take a look at the story of Job. Now I'm going to flip through the, the book of Job. How many know the story of Job? just want to see how many know it. How many do not know the story of Job here this morning? You Okay, good. There's some that don't know the story of Job. Okay, well, the story of Job is in the Old Testament. And basically, Job gets tested. Where God allows Satan to, to basically test him. And he loses a lot. He goes through a really, really difficult time. I mean, it wasn't an easy time for Job. The problem, though, I really want to highlight in this, in this book is Job's friends. Because they all thought they knew what God, everything about God. They thought they had it figured. And Job, they would come alongside Job, who at that moment, he's not feeling the greatest. Okay? He's dealing with stuff. And, uh, and he's having this time, and his friends come along and they say, well, this is why you're going through this. Come on. When those Pharisees, when those religious leaders took the woman caught in adultery, why, why the woman, first of all? The enemy's always been oppressing women. Men too, but women. Right? And, and here in this situation, but let me say something to you. Wisdom showed up that day. And his name was Jesus. Because he, the woman caught in adultery had no idea what to expect in that situation. And so Job here in this situation, his friends are telling him, well, this is why, this is why you're going through this. We've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, we got it all figured out, Job. Yeah, it's because, you know, you missed uh, your devotional times uh, with God. Um, we saw you, you know, you didn't, you didn't stop at that stop sign. Um, you didn't pay your taxes to, um, yeah, we got you figured out. We got, because we know God doesn't do this, right? And, and we wonder today the wisdom of man where it's, where it's getting us. I mean, just look no further than road rage. Oh, come on. Some of you here. I don't know what kind of car you're driving, but, but I, I bet you some of you have been there, right? Somebody pulls in front of you. You're not going, God bless you. God bless you. The wisdom of man, you're probably saying to yourself, why? We won't even talk about what you're saying. But, um, but road rage. And I was watching this documentary on road rage. Now, I know this is not the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of man. Because we sometimes figure out, well, I can deal with it. And, and the problem is we don't take ownership. The fact that, you know, sometimes I will get on, you know, I, I know you've done this, so don't look at me like I'm the only one here, okay? You too, all right? Because I've done that, where all of a sudden I get upset with somebody. I said, yeah, you just went through, you know, it was turning yellow, but you came through, it was red. And then, you know what? I got a tap on the shoulder because then I did that. I was trying to beat the red and, and go through the yellow. So it's so easy how we can, we can just get into the situation, and it's becoming really bad, road rage. I mean, people are dying because of road rage. And one of the things they say, uh, again, is never look the person in the eye. I don't know what well, that's one of the things they say. But when you're in road rage, so that's just a, a throw out there for you. If you're ever in that situation, don't look them in the eye. The wisdom man. I don't know why, but maybe it's confrontation. But you know, the wisdom of God says in that situation, what do I do? The opposite. 
the opposite spirit. I react in the opposite spirit. I mean, Job was dealing with his friends coming. And Job, you know, the amazing thing about Job is he's entertained. He allowed them to talk. I might have said, you guys know, you said enough about my situation, you know, and I'm going through right now. But here in this situation, Job's friends didn't get it right. And, And, you know, in the road rage, there's so much of that, that wisdom of man, that impatience, right, that comes. And we can be guilty of that too where we don't, where the wisdom of God says, hey, me, it's time for you to wait. I don't know, God, no, wait. We think about David. You know, he was out there in the, out there in the desert with his, with his sheep. He was playing away the harp. And he wasn't thinking about becoming a king, Right? When, it, when he came time, when Samuel anointed him, he didn't go, hashtag, I'm going to be king of Israel. Right? Right? That would have been like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't doing that. He stayed in that hidden place, that wisdom, because he knew the wisdom of God knows when to promote you, when it's time to step out. The wisdom of God, the download from heaven, the kingdom of heaven coming into my mindset so that I can be able then to overcome. See, wisdom is seen in creation. Look at creation. Proverbs is so full of wisdom. Look at the ant, the little ant. I mean, the Bible says, look at that little ant. I mean, he's so, this little ant, so small, but yet that ant knows winter's coming, right? Stores its harvest, right? Then, then the Bible says also, look at, look at this animal. It goes on and talks about different animals. And even when God came to the point with Job, when Job says, God, do you know what you're doing? Let me say to you this morning, he does. He is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. The problem is my trust in what he's doing. Because I think sometimes I know better than God does. Come on. You been there? Yeah, I do. I think I can handle the situation better than God can. Right? So, I'm going to tailgate that guy. Give him a piece of my mind. No, I'm not. No. I was in a situation. It was late at night. Probably we were working close to the, uh, the border, the U.S. border. And uh, I had a fr- one of the guys that was working with me wanted a paintball gun. And he decided that he could get a good price on this paintball gun if we would go across to the border of the U.S. at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, and at that time I didn't have a truck. I had a 15-passenger van. And two guys working, going across the border in the U.S. at 11 o'clock at night to get a paintball gun. We were going to stay overnight there and then get a paintball gun so he could bring a paintball gun back. I don't know if that was good wisdom, but we'll find out. So at the border, we're sitting there. Obviously, they pull us across and say, you guys need to come in. You get the pink slip. Pink or, I can't remember if it's pink or yellow. But you go in. That means that's not good. You get the yellow slip. So we go in there. And uh, so we're sitting there, and uh, he looks at me. He says, man, I really got to go to the restroom. So the guy is typing away on us and, and obviously looking up information about who we are and everything. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to ask him. 
So I said to him, uh, he has to go to the restroom. Wrong words, wrong timing. Next thing I know, I'm being rushed out by this guy outside of the U.S. Customs. And I am basically, he's really close. He's right into my face. And um, so as he's, as he's speaking to me, this close to my face, human wisdom is saying, you need to push this guy back. Human wisdom, okay? But Because he's getting in my face. <laughs> but he's going on and on, and he's not using very pleasant words. Okay? They're not like, hey, how you doing? Just want you to know that, uh, no, they're not the kind of words he's using at me. He's in my face. It's confrontation time. And you know what? The wisdom of God comes up and says to me, Proverbs, a soft answer turns away wrath. So I had a choice here. I had a choice. What was I going to do in this situation? So I thought to myself, first of all, who is this guy? Because he thought, blah, blah. He said, you are some blah, blah rich kid. And I thought, wow. He's, first of all, I thought that was good character judgment. I'm some blah, blah rich kid. And then he went on to say, who do you think you are? Well, I could have said, I am a son of God. And you're messing with the son of God. He might have thought that, you know, different. But um, so uh, that conversation went on. And every time I responded to this officer, and he, and he kept telling me he had the authority to blacklist me, from ever entering the United States, or for a while at least. I don't know how long that would, would um, entail. But the wisdom of God in that situation was just so prevalent. I heard Holy Spirit saying, you know, speak in soft words. And so I did. I respected him, even though I didn't want to, recognizing his position. And listening to the wisdom of God. And that situation turned. It went like whew, 360 degrees, turned around. Next thing I know, this guy is saying, you're probably some hard worker. So I went from blah, blah, rich kid to a hard worker. And I thought, that is better. That is better. So, and then he said to me, listen, he said, you need to know uh, that I had a hard time at the Canadian border for some lobster. So I am the one that you're taking this out on now. This is why you're doing this. Okay. But anyways, because of that, the wisdom of God came into that situation. I listened to it over my own wisdom. Oh, yeah, I could have done whatever, but it wouldn't have worked. Trust me. And so... Job is in this situation. His, his friends are telling him everything about God. Even his wife says, wouldn't it be better for you to curse God? Ah. But you know the amazing thing about this is that when we go through tests, when we are in that midst of the fire, when we are going through whatever the struggle you're facing, I believe God wants to download to you a different mindset. Change the way you're thinking. You might think that person's not worth nothing or worth anything, but he is in God's eyes. 
Maybe you, God's telling you to talk to them. Maybe God's telling you about your situation, that you're chasing something that you need to stop chasing and start pursuing him. I love in 38, 39, where he starts telling Job, God responds to Job. That's the kind of God we serve. Isn't that amazing about God? He doesn't say, okay, I don't want to hear anymore. But God allows the dialogue. I love that about God. So when you're frustrated with your spouse, when you're frustrated with your boss, when you're frustrated, take it to God. He can handle it. He can handle the dialogue. And remember this too, that prayer is so key, is so important in the situation that you find yourself before you react. They always say there's a rule, 24 hours. If somebody's ticked you off or tried to offend you, give it 24 hours before you respond, before you go on Facebook. Hey, man, I'm on Facebook, and you just really, you ticked me off, man. I'm going to give you peace in my mind. Man, Facebook is so crazy. Like, good grief, I don't even go. I left Facebook, man. I left it. I was just like, this is nuts. Seriously, people who hide behind a keyboard and then, you know, put out these, like, Crazy statements. Try to say that to the person's face. We've lost it. Human wisdom. Oh, man. J.F. Kennedy once said, one of the presidents of the United States said, man can solve everything problems, right? Man can solve it. Well, let's look at man, how we solve it. Let's look at China. How about Mao's dynasty in China? Huh? He thought he could solve it. He wanted to exterminate three Pests. Now, I can't remember all the pests he wanted to exterminate, but he believed he was smarter than God. So he decided that the sparrow, the little beautiful sparrow, must go because it's messy. This sparrow, this little bird, it's just messy. And not only that, it's not only a nuisance, and, and people bought into it. You know, they were drinking the Kool-Aid. What kind of Kool-Aid are we drinking, right? Come on. It's not time for compromise. It's time to stand in the wisdom of God and call it what it is in love and in truth. And so Mayo decided, okay, let's get rid of these sparrows. So they did. You would get money. If you caught a sparrow, thank you. Give me that sparrow. You caught how many did you catch? Three? Awesome. Three. Well, here it is. Here's a dollar fifty. I don't know what it was. $2. I don't know. $3 okay? So $3 for your three sparrows. Thank you. So people were catching them. I want you to understand. People were actually buying into this. Yeah, let's get rid of the sparrows. Let's create a utopia. And what happened? Well, it's Chinese. It's called a, a secret because they have had a book written about it, but China doesn't want you to know really much about this whole thing. But in two years... Because they eliminated the sparrow, a famine came. A famine came to China. And I can't remember the statistics. I'm going to say, you can check it out. You can probably Google it. It might be still there. But 22 million people would die because of that decision. You see? Because of that, that was the wisdom of man. See, God has a balance in the system. God has a balance in your life. It says, even the Bible says, what you sow, you're going to reap. Whatsoever man sows you. Don't kid yourself. You keep going down this path and you think, well, you're going to sow. 
But let me say something else at the same time. But when you make that decision to turn around, God will redeem your past. He will redeem those mistakes. So there is hope there. Esperanza. Hope. Hope. There is still hope. That's the wisdom of God. When I know my God, my God even says that He is loving, He's kind, He's merciful. Oh, He's way merciful than any of the other gods out there. Seriously. That's the description of my God. When I look at the wisdom of God and I look at it, I know I can come to him. Because even David said, when he had that opportunity, and God said, what do you want, David? Because I'm going to bring justice. I'm going to bring, some, bring judgment here. What do you want? Do you want to be in man, man to deal with you? Or do you want me to deal with you? And he says, God, I'd rather have you deal with me. Aren't you glad that God deals with us in a merciful way? Aren't you glad for God's mercy, love, long-suffering, patience, kindness. Okay, here's a question for you. I'm going to pick somebody out, somebody that's got their eyes closed. No, you're all, you're all, someone engaged. Stay. Okay, which animal did God create that doesn't have wisdom? He didn't give it wisdom. I want to see. Anybody know? It's in Job. What animal does not have wisdom? Yes, Z. Say it louder. Ostrich. The ostrich, it says there in Job chapter 39, it says the ostrich. Why does the ostrich, well, think about it. It drops its egg in the middle of, you know, on the top of the ground. It doesn't bury it or anything like that, and somebody could step on it. It doesn't, it has no, it has no wisdom. All right? But he goes on to talk about, to Job, he says, Job, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know that I've created this animal, this animal, this animal. I've created the lion. Job, I've created this. There are things, folks, we, we are discovering every day. Um, we discover scientific discoveries that, that, again, give us glimpses into who God is, how, we, how amazing God is. When we think about him, that day when God shows up, that day when that woman was supposed to be stoned because it was the law, Jesus took it, took that situation and turned it around. The wisdom of God showed up that day on that day. You see, the wisdom of God is so important that even James chapter 1.5, let's look at James chapter 1.5. Let's see what it says. Passion here, and I'm going to read it. James 1.5. Let's just go there. And this is what's amazing, is that we can ask. We can ask for wisdom. This is not, this is not some rocket science. But James 1.5 says this. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. But he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Hear an amen to that? Come on. Just make sure you ask empowered. Now, this is the, this is the catch here. By confident faith. Without doubting that you will receive and then he goes on to explain what that looks like. He says, for the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become 
like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up, win- up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and, wa- and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? You see, when we begin to see God, when we begin to know God, when we stop putting God in a box, when we begin to realize that what God says in his word, when he begins to describe who he is, when he began to say to Job, this is who I am. This is what I've done. That's why I love, I love testimonies too. Because it shows you what God can do through you. And I believe this morning that there's those of you here this morning right now that are going to get a download. As Romans 12 once says, he wants to renew your mind. A mindset that you've been limiting yourself. You've been putting limitations on yourself. You've been looking at yourself. And you have no idea what God can do. But if you were to unite, if you were to begin to say, God, I want to think like you. I want to have your thoughts in this situation. Think of how things would look differently. For just a moment, think about that. If all of a sudden you started to think like God thinks, what would happen? What would your situation look like? That person that's giving you a difficult time, how would that look? How would you deal with that, right, in that situation? What would you do? I mean, the, price, the, the word says that the prayer of a righteous man amounts to a lot. That's what I love that verse, too, because it shows me what my weapon is in a situation. So when I'm talking to God, and that's what David did. If you look at the Psalms, if we read through the Psalms, I mean, a lot of the Psalms, it's just an honest. He's being honest with God. God, I'm this guy, this, this situation And David, and you know what he does? He doesn't take that frustration and put it on that person, but he brings it to God. And always he ends up at the end of the psalm, but God, you are great. You are, as we said before, we're expecting breakthrough here. Breakthrough. Some of you have been coming in this, coming and coming, and there's things in your life right now, and there's a breakthrough about to happen. And that breakthrough comes when we begin to discover that God is for us, not against us. Come on. God is for us. Sometimes I think we need to say that in the morning. God is for us, not against us. Man, I got a flat tire today. God is for us, not against us. That guy cut me off today. God is for us. Oh, my my spouse is not doing what I'm supposed to, you know. God is for us, right? In whatever situation we find, the wisdom of God speaks. Is always speaking. That's what I love about creation. You can learn a lot from creation. When you go against creation, you can see how God works. You know? He talks about the farmer planting, waiting. Planting, waiting. Some of you have been planting. You know, you have thoughts in your mind. God's been putting those. Some of those desires are there. You've been waiting. Can I say something? Don't give up. Don't give up. That's the enemy. The enemy likes to come and say, you know what? I don't think this is going to happen. Right? Right? And then he wants you to react to that. That's the whole thing, the whole reaction, right? I mean, look at that with, um, with uh, Abraham and Sarah. Right? He wants, you to over, he wants you to react to that situation where, you know, they took it into their own hands. 
He wants you to do that. Listen, brother, I want you to take it into your hands because I'm not sure God's going to show up for you. You Listen, I would rather have a church of 50 people that are, more, that are engaged, that are living and hungry and going for God than a church of 1,000 that are spectators. Come on. Come on. So the thing is, when we start to think about what God wants to do through us, when we start to get to that point where we listen, not to the enemy. The enemy likes to come along and says, you know what? I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. God's saying, but I'm going to use you. The enemy likes to say, oh, you know, it's you're too, you don't have enough experience, or you're too old, right? That's the wisdom of man. Or you don't have the looks. You don't have what it takes. Who's saying that to you? Why do we believe that? And we roll that around in our mind. We don't have what it takes. Or this is going to happen. And God's saying no. And it's when we need to be listening. Because part of wisdom, the, the wisdom of God is listening and hearing what God has to say over the lies of what the enemy wants to do, what he wants to do in your life. And sometimes we rush ahead. But I want to be like Moses where he said, listen, I'm not going ahead. I love Moses when he said that. He says he knew. He knew what it was like to have the presence of God with him. And God said this. Listen, listen, Moses, here's the deal. And I love it again because here's God and Moses dialoguing. All through the word of God, we see dialoguing between God. God loves it when we dialogue with him than when we try to do it on our own. And then he looks and he says, are you done? <laughs> are you finished yet? And so here he is, right? Um, listen, Moses, here's the deal. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, why would God, God say this? And I, whether God was just saying, listen, Moses, you know what? I'm just going to let my angels take care of it. And, uh, but Moses contended. He contended. He said, no, no, God, I want you. I want you with us. He's for you. Don't go without him. When you're dealing with relation, whatever you're dealing, if you're pursuing even a relationship, you're looking for someone, ask God. Start working on your relationship with Him. And He'll bring about the right person at the right time. You see, we get so focused on other things. Or I'm focused on the money. I'm going to make the money. But in the process, I lose out on relationship. And then I wonder why I'm so numb. And why my relationship with God has become so familiar. Oh, again, I woke up. Or do we look at it and say, no, God, today is a day that you're going to show me. Today I'm going to walk out today. Today's going to be a day where I'm, I'm holding on. I'm letting the wisdom of God come down on me. We see that. Let's look at James chapter 3. He says, this is the kind of wisdom. It's in James chapter 3. And we're going to go to verse 13. This is the wisdom. I'm going to give us a description because sometimes it's really good for us to just paint the picture for us. And the Word of God paints the picture so well about what wisdom really looks like in our lives. And some of us, we get to that point, you know, where we say, okay, God, I need your wisdom. And that's where, where we start to see it happen. Verse 13, if you consider yourself to be wise... And one who understands the ways of God, this is how you do it. Advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life 
guided by wisdom's gentleness. Who would have ever thought gentleness was, was God's wisdom, but it is. Being gentle, not harsh. That's God, right? Ah, gentleness doesn't work. Human wisdom doesn't. Gentleness, you need to yell at them. You need to get them in shape. Get her done. <laughs> but God says, no, no. That's not how it works. This is not how it works. Let's get a picture of this. And he says, never brag or boast about what you've done. And you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it. And try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For this has, that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described, and this is it, the wisdom of the world. Here it is, as the wisdom of the world, which is both selfish and devilish. So it says, wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. Verse 17, but the wisdom of from above is always pure. It's filled with peace. It's considerate. It's teachable. Are you teachable? Am I teachable? That's important. Am I willing to listen? It is filled with love and it never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Isn't that beautiful about wisdom? Have you seen wisdom? Has anybody seen wisdom? Wisdom shows up when Jesus shows up. When we allow Jesus to show up in our lives, when we begin to say, Jesus, you take the reins, you take the control. And we begin to focus and not focus on other things. Jesus talked a lot in parables. And one of these parables he told, it's a story, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And in one of these stories, he talks about this situation where this man, who basically is an owner of a farm, and as he has his farm, he says to himself, listen, I'm doing good. I'm really doing good with this farm. And I've got this huge, beautiful farm. I've got like goats. I've got cows. I mean, what else? What else can I do? And he begins to think to himself, man, I need to build another barn. That's what I need to do. But you know what he forgets? Because that night, the angel says to him, tonight, it's over. And the biggest mistake he made, the most mistake a lot of when it comes to human wisdom is that he gambled on the wrong thing. He gambled on his possessions. And the Bible says that life is more than possessions. That's human wisdom. Oh, if I own this, if I have this, my life's going to be better. And he put it all on that. He put all his chips, gambled on that. But then that angel angel of death shows up and says, tonight, tonight your soul is required of you. 
You see, the, the world wants you to buy into its philosophy. It wants you to buy into it. You know, it's still, it's still the age-old things, the same things, right, that are trying to get into you to keep you from your God-given destiny. That's why we need the wisdom of God. And so in this situation, he shows up and he says to him, look, tonight, and he, and he realizes that all this stuff, everything, who goes to it? I remember this past week I was working for a guy and I was talking with him about that. And, uh, and I was saying, you know, nobody, you, and we all know that, you never see a hearse go, when a hearse with a U-Haul behind it going to the, to the funeral, right, to the cemetery. You never see that. Well, I'm taking my stuff with me. <laughs> no, you won't. Right? And, and we need to get back to remind because God wants us to re be in, re in remembrance, remembrance of the fact that my soul. And Jesus paid it all. That was the whole thing is that Jesus paid it all. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. When we think about what he did, wisdom of God just shown there that he came into your situation and while you were dead well there was no life you weren't even breathing oh man i don't hear anything hello jesus said spoke life into you because of his love that's wisdom right there god's wisdom that he values you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that you could what? Just be ready to go to heaven? Know that you can live for him here now. Your soul matters to God. And so many people forget that. They forget about their soul. They get so busy in life. Summer is so easy. Like we get so busy. We get focused and we keep going and we forget that our soul is so essential. That's the wisdom of God, realizing that. Coming to that place where I say, God, I know I know that you, only you, can be enough. Only you can show up. Only you, through your wisdom. And God gives that. And I, I believe this morning, again, God wants to download in you a mindset. Change the mindset. Maybe you've been putting the value in the wrong area. You've been saying, oh, this is more important to me than this and this. And then God says, no, that's not it. I want to show you what's really important. I remember God working in my heart and saying to me, it was a situation where all of a sudden I was like, I thought this is the way I was supposed to go. And God does that, you know. You think this is the way you're supposed to go? And then he comes along and you got all your ducks in a row. And all your ducks are get messed up. Anybody been there? All right, come on. You know, you thought this was, and actually it's a good thing. And you think about it, right? Wisdom of God. You thought, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to go. But God in his love and in his graciousness shows you. And then you have to take ownership. Because if you keep putting the blame and saying, well, God, no, it's time for me to take that step in that direction where God is leading. Where is God leading you? Let's all stand this morning. Where is God guiding you? Have you, this morning, we just want to say, have we been avoiding Avoiding what God has been trying to show us. He's trying to show us. First of all, we need him. I know I can run without him. A lot of times run without him. 
And God's saying, oh, come to the altar. Let's, you know, I think that's such an appropriate song as Aaron. Oh, come to the altar, because you know it's all about Jesus. Jesus says, I am still enough. And he is the one, Colossians chapter 3 says, wisdom is found in him. And maybe you've been trying in your own mindset to figure it out, but Proverbs 3, we all know Proverbs 3, 5, 6. I bet you we could all say it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, and he will. It's time for him to direct our path, isn't it? The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. God, just, we thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you, God, for your wisdom. We thank you, God, that you are calling us because of your love for us, God. And we just ask you, Lord, right now for such a download. Get ready for the download. I'm believing it. Come on. You want to receive that download, that mindset. Maybe you've got something in your heart. You know, you've been comparing yourself with someone else. And God says you're unique. You don't need to compare yourself with anyone else. Maybe you're saying, well, things aren't happening for me right now. Not yet. Not yet because I'm doing a work in you. I'm doing a work in you, God says. That's the wisdom of God. He doesn't put you out onto, uh, onto the baseball field when you're not ready. To, you don't even know how to catch the ball yet. Right? But he says, I'm going to do a work in you. You have to trust me.